This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not attacking the Biden administration over the handling of a train wreck in Ohio. And don't get me wrong, I think it's terrible, but the mayor of East Palestine throwing down the gauntlet last night. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And check it out. The Biden administration also taking heat for not doing enough from none other than Rosie O'Donnell. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Holy hell. We will clean up the transportation secretary's mess with help from Chadwick Moore. And, of course, Democratic strategist Jessica Tarloff going to be here as well. No, God! Nope, she'll be here because, as you know, Fox Across America, it is an all-skate. I am not an activist. I am a talk show host. All voices welcome inside the huddle. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. True story. You can be a Republican on this show. You can be a Democrat. You can be a Libertarian. Just don't be a... That is all. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I began my day uh, five hours ago on Fox and Friends. If you missed it, that hit is on the Fox Across America Facebook page. Uh, Tonight, I'll be getting the band back together with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, at 11 o'clock on the highest rated late night show in America, which happens to happen right here on the Fox News channel. And uh, before I get on the telly with Gutfeld, I will be on with Jesse Waters and Jesse Waters Primetime, which is exactly where we begin today, because last night on Jesse Waters Primetime, he had down the mayor of East Palestine, Ohio, who didn't have a nice word to say about the Biden administration. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble now. I love this guy. Okay, Trent Conway. For throwing the challenge flag at what he has seen happen to a million other towns like his own. And isn't just going to stand by and take it. Oh, the train company's offering us a few bucks so we can stop yelling and screaming. They can pull out of town and we can all get weird cancer in five years. You know, oh, the Fed said they cared. You know, 12 days after the wreck, he's not taking this. Okay, to his credit, he went to Waters last night. He knows I do the show every week. He's like, there's going to be eyeballs if they're having that fat community college guy there. (laughs) This is clearly, this is the hill to be on. Uh, But to his credit, he threw down. And uh, I want to just start there because there is so much, there is so much disdain for how the administration has kind of abandoned the people of East Palestine. At the same time, they're on the other side of the world yelling and screaming about Ukraine and all the things we're going to do to, you know, stop Russia. And yes, Joe Biden, it's very telling that he wrote into Ukraine, according to the White House, undercover. He wrote a train into Ukraine undercover. And it's very telling that he feels safer 
undercover on a train in a war zone than he would uh, on a train under Pete Buttigieg's leadership of the Transportation Department. It's pretty much been the soundtrack to Mayor Pete's job, uh, his tenure. But here's Trent Conway. Throwing it down. Clip one. That was the biggest slap in the face. That tells you right now he doesn't care about us. So Agreed. Uh, he can send every agency he wants to. But uh, I found that out this morning in one of the briefings that he was in the Ukraine giving millions of dollars away to people over there, not to us. And I'm furious. On so, President's Day in yeah, our country. Yeah, President's Day in our country. He's he's uh, over in Ukraine. So that tells you what kind of guy he is. Think about that. Biden sucks. Totally. It's President's Day. And President's Day, just so you understand, wasn't designed to celebrate all presidents. President's Day originated as a holiday to honor George Washington, our very first president. It occurs on George Washington's birthday. It existed to honor the man who put this office on the map and established, you know, the legacy and something that gave the rest of us a reverence for the position and the leadership it required and the selflessness it required. But it's very telling that George Washington left office in his closing speech to the country, warning us to avoid entanglements over in Europe. Hey, we got a thriving, prosperous thing here. Let's not become the world's police department, get torn into, you know, eight different conflicts that affect us from a trade standpoint, from an economic standpoint, from a domestic security standpoint. Let's focus on America, America first. Remember America first? That was a thing. Okay, and they didn't call George Washington a white nationalist or a sellout. They called him, you know, the father of our country. Okay, which I know you'd have to say the birthing parent of our country now. I don't want to get you you upset. But the point is on President's Day, which is only called President's Day because people wanted to sell cars cars and mattresses at a discount on a Monday in late February. But the point being it's. It's known as a day that salutes American leadership. American leadership is not flying over a train wreck in East Palestine, Ohio, on a way to hand another briefcase full of money to the Ukrainians. American leadership is making sure everything's under control under your watch, which is something Joe Biden has not done. Okay, here is East Palestine resident Oliver Kuchenauer flat out saying they can't use their tap water for baby formula right now because there's a chemical smell coming out of it. Nobody in their right mind is going to give it to their kid. Do you understand on a day when American babies are having to go through logistical hurdles to get baby formula? On a day when kids are having a hard time trusting that the fields are safe to play in, that the waters are safe to fish in. We've got Biden telling them to talk to the hand because he's over giving bro hugs to Zelensky. People here have a right to feel slighted. Here it is, clip two. Yes, it's very concerning that, you know, we are unable to use the tap water, the water in our own house to make baby formula and, you know, feed our child. The smell is still lingering. You catch it in bits. Um, We haven't really been explained to what it is or any sort of side effects. We're still being left more or less in the dark. So there you go. Feels like they're not getting an adequate response from this administration. And to be clear, are they getting an adequate response? The answer would be no. Okay. Pete Booty Judge, to his credit, finally waited on this. Took him 12 days to tweet about it. And then what did he say this week? Well, excuse me, last week he said, well, you know, it's bad and we're monitoring it. 
But we have thousands of train wrecks every year. That's what goes on. So, I mean, understand. What... Shut up. Will you shut up? Just, dude, who told them? <laughs> like, which strategist was like, no, go with the, you know, there's other train wreck strategy. That'll take the edge off. Don't worry. I know their eyes are burning. I know the babies can't have formula. But just tell them they're not the only ones going through this. They'll feel some strength in numbers. That's what they went with. It's insanity is what it is. But here is Pete Buttigieg saying he's going to go there eventually, but not for a photo op. It's because, you know, he wants to get to know the people. It's clip six. Well, I am planning to go, and uh, our folks were on the ground from the first hours. I do want to stress that the NTSB needs to be able to do its work independently. But when I go, the focus is going to be on action. Look, I was mayor of my hometown for eight years. We dealt with a lot of disasters, natural <laughs> and human. And one of the things I noticed very quickly is that there's two kinds of people who show up up when you have that kind of disaster experience. People who are there because they have a specific job to do and are there to get something done, and people who are there to look good and have their picture taken. When I go, it will be about action on rail safety, like the actions that we are calling on Congress to help us with, mm. that we're calling on industry to take, and that we are undertaking ourselves as a department to help make sure that these kinds of things don't happen in the future. You are a sad, strange little man. So... I'm going to go. Don't get me wrong. I'll be there for action. What does that mean? It means he's going to show up there in a month and pass some type of bill or propose some type of legislation with a name that makes you think it has to do with rail safety, but will ultimately prioritize what? Some type of climate change initiative for all of the trains and the emissions they cause and some type of diversity inclusion for the construction workers rebuilding the infrastructure and cleaning up the site. This is ridiculous. Okay, they don't do anything that they can't tie their narrative to, that they can't tie their agenda to. One of the main reasons they haven't wanted to go there is because every time a tractor-trailer flips over or a train hauling hazardous goods derails, a stronger case is made. For pipelines. I think he's got a point. I keep making this point relentlessly because you've never heard of a pipeline overturning. Okay, never. You never. Well, the, you know, three lanes are closed on the freeway today. We had a pipeline overturn. Or, you know, you can't get tap water in your hometown. We had a pipeline overturn. It never happens. Okay, but they're going against pipelines because they want you to think they're bad for, envi- for the environment. I'll tell you what's bad for the environment. Releasing tons of noxious chemicals into the sky, poisoning the water, killing fish on contact, chickens falling over and dropping dead, kids not being able to get baby formula out of the tap because nobody trusts the drinking water. I promise you that's really bad for the environment. And I'm not the only chubby person taking this position. Okay, here's Rosie O'Donnell. She went on TikTok last night uh, and to her credit, she called out the inaction from the government. That's clip eight. They've poisoned hundreds of thousands of people. Their lives ruined. Ruined. They say, well, if I was someone, I heard a reporter say, if I was there, I'd pack up my kids and go. Well, you know what? Not everyone can do that. They don't have anywhere else to go. People are living month to month, week to week. They don't have stored up reserves to go stay in a hotel for two, three months, a year fact is they're going to have to leave that town and you know the water supply it goes to so many states this is like a tragedy of epic proportion and it's criminal negligence by that chemical and train company and nothing's being done about it 
Now, to be clear, she drew a distinction between the rail company, who, of course, has major liability here, and was careful not to call out Pete Buttigieg, but the guy who was the transportation secretary overseeing this whole entire thing says, yeah, I'll show up when there's legislation to pass. You know, actually being on the ground, expressing concern, trying to rally the troops. You know, one of the reasons we send politicians into disaster areas like Donald Trump is going to East Palestine is because you're trying, okay, to give them the reassuring feeling that someone in government is, in fact, paying attention. You know, the whole I feel your pain, that whole thing. That's one of the reasons you want somebody on the site, somebody who can bring attention to the story, keep the heat on the transportation company. But in this instance, Pete Buttigieg doesn't want to bring any more attention to the ineptitude of his mission than he already has. Pete Buttigieg is pathetic. But that's why he won't go. It's one, because it you know feels like he's playing the news cycle into the Republican narrative, which is that this guy screws up everything he touches, which is true. And he doesn't want to highlight any more than he already has. Okay, but two is also the pipeline issue. Okay, the more the trains fly off the tracks, the more you realize we never should have been canceling pipelines in the first place. But that's why we are where we are. And when people can't get baby formula, when people don't feel safe in their homes, when the rainbow is now, you know, a lake where fish are just floating dead. Okay, and you've got the president on the other side of the world handing out Venmos, you know the whole save a horse, ride a cowboy, I walk into the room handing out $100 bills? That's Biden in Ukraine. Save a horse, ride a Sherman tank. I walk into the room handing out billion-dollar bills. That's Biden. While back home in America, the people, okay, who actually need our government the most are getting the middle finger. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon holding this country together at 
800-919-9910. I played a clip from Rosie O'Donnell in the last break. That's what I, I opened the show. I played a Rosie O'Donnell clip. You ought to be ashamed of Secretary. yourself. Well, no. This is a show, okay, we're just trying to have an honest conversation. To her credit, Rosie O'Donnell made a point on TikTok that I made a week and a half ago. Okay, the EPA saying the air is clean shouldn't mean anything to anybody. The EPA said after September 11th, when the towers came down, the air was fine. Everybody get down to ground zero and help with the cleanup effort. You got nothing to worry about. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they did us. Okay, here is Rosie O'Donnell making a point I made for you two weeks ago. Clip seven. I've been reading all the news reports on this horrible train derailment and chemical spill toxic poisoning in Ohio and fish dying and chickens dying and animals getting sick and people feeling sick. And then the EPA comes out with a very non-alarmist, everything's okay, don't worry about a thing statement. And it's infuriating. I don't trust the EPA. I don't trust them. After 9-11, I don't know how anyone could. She's not wrong. Folks, it takes a lot to get Rosie O'Donnell upset about dead chickens and fish, okay? They're putting up a hell of a grocery bill in the O'Donnell house. But the point is, okay, the EPA has led us afoul, has given us a bad steer from time to time. And when you're in a town like East Palestine, Ohio, uh, that's not a high-priority area for the Democratic Party, you don't get the feeling the EPA is putting you high on their to-do list in terms of your well-being. Here is Al, who's in Traverse City, Michigan, Traverse City, Michigan. Yo, Al. When, uh, you know, it's easy to say that if this was a Republican in office that uh, the media would go wild. Mm -hmm. But, in fact, when there was a Republican in office and they had a water crisis in Flint, Michigan, the uh, media went absolutely wild. And they finally brought up the governor at that time, John Engler, up on negligence charges. Although he was addressing this problem on a daily basis, they went wild and they were going to tear him apart. Well, we had Obama go to Flint and famously pretend to drink the water, but he didn't yes. actually drink it, and the residents went crazy. <laughs> and yeah. that was, I mean, so this is the thing. Okay, they, there's such a storied history for screwing people in this situation. And, yeah, I mean, if this was like Trump and the train derailed and they hadn't been there in two weeks, they'd find, you know, one person of color or one transgender person and say he wasn't going because he hated that type of person and, you know, it was shameful. So you're right. And that double standard, you know. That's where the media is failing the country because their job is to just hold people in power accountable. And the people in power in this instance are really screwing over the little guy. You know, I mean, if that was your town and you're watching the president fly over it on his way to Ukraine, I mean, aren't you giving Air Force One the finger? Absolutely. And that's the Twice. problem. <laughs> double barrel. Come on, Al. I love it. Well, listen, you make you make great points and, and, and you're right to say there's a double standard. But the point I try to make to people in, the, in on the left is they think it helps them to have a media that doesn't, you know, give their party a hard time. But if you got bad leadership, you know, the fact that it's coming from your party shouldn't be any consolation. The point is the country's getting screwed. I absolutely agree with that, Jim. Let me throw you one thing. Day. One thing, you too. Um, how far are you from Holland, Michigan? Uh, probably 150 miles. Oh, all right. It might be far, but we're working on a stand-up date in Holland, Michigan. I'll let you know. You'll hear about it on the show. And if gas is comedy week in Traverse City two weeks ago. Ah, oh, the hell. Well, listen. If we make it there in June and gas isn't seventy-one dollars a gallon, I expect to see you there. All right, I will good, be. Talk good stuff, again. brother. Have a good one, Al. There he goes. 
Uh, it's so true. It's so true that th- what the media does, man, because is the thing. The media is trying to win elections for the Democratic Party. So they don't want to do anything with the news cycle that might age poorly for the Democratic Party. But that's not their job. Their job is to hold people in power accountable, which they're not doing. You're not hearing an outcry in the New York Times or the Washington Post. They don't want to hurt the Democrats. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Would we respond or would we look the other way? Would we be strong? Would we be weak? Would we, we would, be, would we be all of our allies? Would we be united or divided? Oh, man, that's the kind of forceful message we need to send out to the world. A sugar, mega, sugar, baba. That's Joe Biden. Forceful remarks over in Ukraine to mark the one year anniversary of Vladimir Putin's invasion. There he is reminding the world about the strong leadership we've gotten as we inch closer to World War Three. OK, the White House uh, today said that if, in fact, China gives military aid to Russia, that would be a red line. Now, if you're keeping score at home, the Democratic Party hasn't exactly been great about enforcing red line uh, rules. Don't be thick, all right? But, of course, I am referring to Barack Obama, who famously said that over in Syria, if Assad used chemical weapons, that would be a red line. Okay, Assad, lo and behold, did use chemical weapons. Did Obama take any punitive measure for him crossing his red line? (laughs) So you have to forgive the world if they're not, you know, taken aback by yet another Democratic red line in the sand. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the bigger issue here is when you look at the polling, Fox News did polling on support for Ukraine. I find it very interesting because it polls better than you might think in that about 63 percent of Americans support sending money and weapons to Ukraine. Now, that's weighted heavily to the Democratic side. It's about 78 to 80 percent of Democrats. It's actually, yeah, the actual composite number, 79 percent of Democrats support sending money and weapons to Ukraine. Amongst Republicans, it's about 51 percent. Amongst independents, it's about 50 percent. So the Democrats are kind of carrying this thing into positive territory. Most of the country is indifferent. It doesn't mean they're Putin puppets. It doesn't mean they want to see Putin overtake Europe. It's just that they look around the country they live in themselves and they see the quality of everything. I mean, literally everything that they look at is going downhill. Biden is such a disaster. Okay, and that's the problem. It's not, you know, screw you, Ukraine. Woo, we're all in on Putin. That's not what's going on. We don't, you know, we're not pro-Putin over here, but we are pro-America. And a lot of people don't feel like America has been made to be the priority under this administration. So what do we know? Okay, what do we know? I've got a 17-page outline from producer Christine today. 
I mean, you know it's a long outline when it comes to the bibliography. Let me give you some of the fun facts. The president's over in Poland. Those are my people. I'm Polish. Half Pol- I, did you know that I'm actually – did you know that, Christine? I'm, I definitely did not. I am half Polish and I am half Sicilian. How about that? I actually had an uncle who put out a hit on himself. What kind of food do you serve on holidays? Oh, all of it. On the Christmas Eve, the Feast of the Seven Flushes. Yeah, it's not pretty. But stick with me. Here we go. Here's Joe Biden reaffirming the United States' dedication to European securities. He met with Polish President Andrzej Duda on, du- on Tuesday. Part of a series of consultations with allies to prepare for an even more complicated stage of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So Biden's saying we need security in Europe, which we would all agree. Okay, but what's going on is in lieu of a negotiated peace. You know, you've got Ukraine's leader saying this ends when our tanks are in Red Square. That doesn't sound like less war. That sounds like more war. Correct the mundo. That doesn't sound de- like de-escalation. That sounds like more escalation. Okay, so understand, Putin announcing Tuesday, Russia's pulling back from the New START Treaty. What's the significance of the New START Treaty? That was the nuclear treaty with the United States of America that limited each country's arsenal. This could be a problem. So you understand, it's a little bit of saber-rattling by Putin. But Putin, who is a lunatic, who is a madman, who is being plagued, by the way, by a rash of people that happen to be falling out of windows over in his uh, (laughs) in his leadership. Uh, They've just had a raft of banana peels over at the Kremlin and one person after another keeps falling out. That's what they're telling us in the press releases. Come on, don't bullshit me. Sarah, don't, don't you just hate... You're walking down the street, you slip on a banana peel. Next thing you know, you're falling face first off a bridge. Weird. These banana peels are so slippery, they'll shoot you twice in the head as you fall. It's a, it's a bad problem over there. I don't know where they get their fruit, but I'm glad we don't buy as much of it here. Uh, not that I'm eating fruit. You've seen me on TV. But uh, here is Putin. In this regard, I am forced to announce today that Russia is suspending its participation in the Strategic Offensive Arms Treaty. Okay? And a madman like Putin... Okay, understand if he really feels like he's in a Qaddafi situation. You remember how it ended for Qaddafi being yanked out of a sewer? All kinds of things happened to him when he was out of power. You know, horrific things. I'm not saying he's a good guy. But what I'm saying is Putin has seen the Qaddafi video and doesn't want to star in the sequel. So if it comes down to Putin being pulled out of a sewer like a rat, or Putin shooting nukes at the rest of the world, guess which path he's going to choose? I think we all know the answer. That can't be good. It's bad. Okay, so again, this is not me getting on the air, saying, come on, we're on Putin's side. This is me getting on the air and trying to give you the nuance of what's happening. Okay, Putin is invading Ukraine for the same reason China is encircling Taiwan. Okay, Biden is perceived as weak on the world stage. That's how this started. That's how we got to where we were. We were told they had sanctions that were so lethal that they were going to be a deal breaker for Putin. So just don't worry about it. The sanctions are coming. Then the everybody in the media was like, hey, if these sanctions are so good, why don't you use them now before the war starts? Why wait? And they're like, no, no, you've never seen sanctions like this. Biden's talked up the sanctions like little kids tell you that story about the chlorine in their pool. 
No, if you pee in my pool, the chlorine makes a ring around you and has a neon arrow that says, this guy peed, and it follows you everywhere you go in public for a month and a half. That was like those old, like, urban legends you'd hear. I don't pee in the pool. You don't understand what the chlorine's going to do to you. That was Biden with the sanctions. Oh, no, no, you don't want to mess around with these sanctions, bro. It's going to get bad. Nobody cared. They rolled right in. Why? Because they don't respect Biden. They don't think he's tough on the world stage. But the people in the uniparty that love war, that profit off of war, love watching this thing escalate because they're making a gazillion dollars. Okay, am I saying Putin should have the right to trample Ukraine? No, but I'm saying there's a lot of factors in play here. Number one, okay, we are perceived as a little weak on the world stage after the Afghan troop withdrawal. Okay, number two, there are a lot of factions within both parties that want an unlimited amount of support for Ukraine with no audits whatsoever, which I think is insane. No, no, we ain't audited the money. Come on, what are you, a Putin puppet? Ah, the money would never get wasted. Just because we had uh, $500 billion in COVID fraud doesn't mean this other money we're dishing out could ever have an issue. I mean, come on, man. But that's the problem. A lot of Americans don't feel like they're the priority. It's not to say they support Putin. It's to say this seems a little excessive in that they seem to be inching us closer to a larger conflict. When Biden's over there saying more sanctions, more weapons, more tanks, more drones, more stuff. More stuff doesn't sound like less war. It sounds like more chaos. I think he's got a point. James is in Hickory, North Carolina. Yo, James. Yes, I'm totally against supporting Ukraine. I think that's NATO's business and not ours, nor the United Kingdom. Well, Totally against it. Well, here's the issue. And when you say that, okay, and I'll ask you your reasons, and I think they're valid, meaning that NATO and the rest of the allies should be chipping in more money. But what's funny is the reaction to you saying that is just like, we must be on Putin's side. But that's not the position you're taking. The position you're taking is our resources, I believe, are so strained that we've got to be mindful of what's going on here. Is that technically your official position? Well, we totally uh, attacked Russia when we sabotage the Nord Stream pipeline. There's that. So we did that with Poland. And so we did, we cast the first stone. You know, I'm not for Putin, but he, all Putin wants is to reunite the USSR. Mm -hmm. He's not attacking us. We're attacking him. We have no business supporting Ukraine. The only good thing out of Ukraine are porn stars. Let them put them to work. Whoa. You know? Do you have any specific websites from – I'm kidding. James, good call. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't doubt that you do. Good stuff. James, down in Hickory, says Ukraine is good for porn stars. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Unbelievable. Uh, I will say this, though. James really does speak to the sentiments of a lot of people. Now, I don't know Putin's true motivations. Everyone has said he wants to reunite the former, rebuild the former USSR and have that be his legacy. And he's certainly making those types of moves. So James isn't wrong to suggest that on any level. I don't agree with the people who say, well, Putin takes Ukraine. He's going to invade the rest of Europe. No, he's not. He doesn't have the wherewithal to take the rest of Europe. They're having a really hard time. And they were having that hard time before, long before we stepped up our involvement in Ukraine. Okay, this was the kind of thing when it started a year ago, we thought Putin was going to roll over the Donbass in three days, and then we were going to have a serious decision to make. Don't ever forget, Biden famously said, you know, it would be okay if they just had a minor incursion, 
this is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. That's essentially what everybody in D.C. said. Like, wait, what? So you just said he could kind of invade? But you better not, like, invade, invade. Okay, Biden kind of invited this thing with his own stupidity and the, the mixed message coming out of this administration. But lo and behold, the belief was they were going to go in, they were going to overwhelm Ukraine in three days, and this was not going to be a one-year war that's starting to look like the 20 years we spent in Afghanistan. But lo and behold, big war got involved, okay? And you know what that means to them. Money, 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 money. A lot of cash being made. And yes, we're trying to hold Putin in check. But the reality that we need to spend money in Ukraine for the rest of eternity so Putin doesn't overthrow Europe is absurd. Okay, Putin can't take on NATO. There's no chance of taking on NATO. If Putin were to attack a NATO country, which Ukraine is not, and it would actually trigger a NATO response, Putin has a really big problem on his hands. You know, unless, of course, China rallies behind Putin which is something that's starting to seem more likely by the day. And that's a real issue. Why? Because if China gets involved as a major superpower, now we're dealing with World War III. Over what? Okay, a situation that most Americans, I got to be honest with you, they have empathy for Ukraine. They don't like Putin. But they don't feel like we're fighting the right battle you know, for lack of a better term. Here's Ron DeSantis, though. He was on Fox and Friends. It's my opening act on Fox and Friends. I don't go on TV now unless there's a major presidential candidate. That's how big of a diva I am. Hannity, Nikki Haley was on before me. Fox and Friends DeSantis is on before me. I I don't know who's going to be on Gutfeld, but they better be good before I go on tonight. And and Jesse Waters, too. Listen to me. I'm just being silly. But here's DeSantis talking about Russia's uh, nuclear, uh, excuse me, military capabilities. Clip 40. Well, I think it's important to point out, I mean, you know, the fear of kind of Russia going into NATO countries and all that and steamrolling, you know, that has not even come close to happening. I think they've shown themselves to be a third-rate military power. Uh, I think they've suffered tremendous, tremendous losses. Uh, I got to think that the people in Russia uh, are probably disapproving of what's going on. I don't think they can speak up about it for obvious reasons. So I think Russia has been really, really wounded here, um, and I don't think that they are the same threat to our country, even though they're hostile. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're on the same level as a China. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. They're not on the same level as a China. The late John McCain famously referred to Russia as a gas station with nukes. That's what they are. They're a third-rate military. They're not going to overwhelm Europe, and it's not because we're funding Ukraine. If we put every dollar we had back in our pocket, they're not going to overwhelm the rest of the NATO countries. That's not a thing. Okay, it's being sold to us that way because that's how they sell you everything. Well, this is Hitler part two. Agree with what we want to do or people are going to die. That's what they tell you. Okay, every single time. But it's a social pressure campaign that's a lot more potent than the military campaign they're waging in Russia, where morale has been crushed. They have suffered an insane amount of losses. And again, this is before we started sending missiles and weapons and tanks and everything in between. They don't even have our tanks yet. Okay, we committed to send them, but they're still trying to find the operator's manuals because Biden stashed them in his garage somewhere. Come on, man. I'm just saying. The whole thing is stupid. Okay, and when it comes to our country, okay, nobody here 
is sitting around going, oh, well, if we don't send every dime we have to Ukraine, Putin's going to come here next. Okay, here's a newsflash. Putin's not coming here. Okay, you know who else isn't coming here? Biden, because he's too busy spending our money on the rest of the world. And I think that's why everybody's so fed up. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are stressed out from their busy lives of flying around in private jets, eating five-star meals, and getting six-handed massages. It's a very real thing to be going through behind the scenes. You can help take the edge off by donating to the Royal Relief Fund. I never thought that this would be easy, but I thought it would be fair. The Royal Relief Fund is your chance to help whiny, entitled do-nothings survive their woe-is-me charade of a life. It's not enough to just survive something. Like That's not the point of life. For just $283,000 a day, you can give a British royal things they desperately need to survive, like 30 assistants, five personal chefs, and a string quartet to serenade them while they poop. Because not many people have asked if I'm okay. The Royal Relief Fund. Connecting gullible fools like you with self-important clowns like them for over five years. So we've been making fun of Harry and Meghan for like, you know, year and a half, two years. But South Park got in on the fun this week, and uh, it's pretty good stuff. Here it is, clip 34. So let me start with you, Sam. You've lived a life with the royal family. You've had everything handed to you, but you say your life has been hard. And now you've written all about it in your new book, Wah. Yes, that's right, friend. You see, my wife and I I'm are totally like you should write a book because your family like stupid and then so are like journalists. So you hate journalists. That's right. And now you wrote a book that reports on the lives of the royal family. Right. So you're a journalist. We just want to be normal people. All this attention is so hard. Isn't it true, sir, that your questionable wife has her own TV show and hangs out with celebrities and does fashion magazines? What are you suggesting? Well, I just think some people might say that your Instagram-loving wife actually doesn't want her privacy. How dare you, sir? My Instagram-loving wife has always wanted her privacy. And you know what else? To hell with Canada. We are leaving. We'll go find some quiet place where we can be normal people. Come on, wife. We want privacy. We We want privacy. (laughs) That's South Park giving Harry and Meghan a hard time for their claims that they want. Privacy is, you know, like all privacy-craving people, they're doing a podcast. They're doing a reality show. They're making all the media rounds and putting out two books because I know when I want to be left alone, I go on a worldwide speaking tour. That's what I do. Okay, these people are clowns. Okay, and everybody knows if they really wanted privacy, they would get a primetime show on CNN. CNN is the worst. Are they ever? We're going to talk about them in the next hour. Chadwick Moore is coming by to weigh in on reports that Don Lemon is going to some type of sensitivity training because CNN's committed to fostering an environment of inclusion and workplace safety and support. Come on. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up for another big hour of top shelf radio in a bottom feeding 
political world. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Holy hell, but the race to replace them heating up. We're going to discuss it with Chadwick Moore, senior editor at The Spectator, who is going to be weighing in on, on what I have to say are disgusting racist attacks against Nikki Haley, certainly misguided attacks on her age from people like Whoopi Goldberg, who happens to reside over at The View. If you're watching that poor show, I don't know what to tell you there. The View is awful. Okay, but we're going to discuss that. We're going to discuss MSNBC, which I've got to be honest, is saying Nikki Haley is using her brown skin to launder white supremacy. I don't even know what that means. The media is a bunch of losers. It really are. 888-788-9910 if you want to weigh in on any of this. But we're going to, this is an all skate. Do you remember back in the day when you go to the roller rink, they'd have like just the boys, just the girls, just the couples. Then they'd be like, all right, all skate. Everybody skate at the same time. It's always an all skate now. You can't do just the boys, just the girls. Then you're doing just the days. Then you're just doing just the thems. Then you're doing just the non-binary, cisgender, two-spirited. What the hell is the world coming to? It's coming to an all skate. Every kid lace up your skates and get in the rink. It's an all skate. So let's start on MSNBC. This is disgusting, and it needs to be called out. Okay, there's a real problem in the Democratic Party in that they think they hold the monopoly on minority support. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. But bigger than the fact that they think they're entitled to their support, regardless of whether or not they ever deliver for these communities, is the fact that they cannot win an election without them. So there is nothing, nothing that rallies the bile distillery that is left-wing identity politics like a minority candidate on the right, okay? Byron Donalds gets up to say something. Joy Reid says he's a token. Tim Scott gives a State of the Union rebuttal. He's referred to as an Uncle Tim. I can't even say the things they refer to Clarence Thomas as on the air, but i got to be honest, they're not pretty. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Really disgusting, but here is Nikki Haley who is a dual threat to Democrats in that, yes, she is a woman of color. And yes, she is a woman, which we can still define over here on the right because we observe biology. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. So understand. They have no idea, okay, how to head off a potential challenge from a female minority. This is new to them. So it started with Don Lemon coming out and saying she was past her prime. That's what he said. And for that, he's been rewarded with a banishment from the airwaves. And he's been sent over now to some type of a sensitivity training where they'll look Don Lemon in the face and essentially ask, What would you do with a brain if you had one? It's a great question to ask him. Okay, but over on MSNBC, they're starting a new line of attack. Nikki Haley is Pastor Prime on CNN, but on MSNBC, she's somehow a white supremacist in disguise. Listen to this clip and understand that someone said this with a straight face, like someone got hair and makeup, read over the story they were going to be talking about before they went on the air, jotted down a couple of talking points, as you do, and then waited patiently for their turn to talk. 
and in all that potential time to assess what they were about to say, felt confidently saying this. It's clip 27. What does she do like all these model minorities, which, by the way, is a strategy of white supremacy to use Asians in particular as a cudgel against black folks. Instead of pulling us up from the bootstraps and pulling others from the bootstrap, we're taught to take your boot and put it on the neck of poor browns, immigrants, refugees and black folks. And that's what she did in her ad. So I see her and I feel sad, Mehdi, because she uses her brown skin as a weapon against poor black folks and poor brown folks. And she uses her brown skin to launder white supremacist talking points. And the reason why I feel sad, because no matter what she does, Mehdi, it'll never be enough. They'll never love her. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And seriously, he thought like that could be said with confidence. And people would react like, yeah, no, no, that's a good point. No, no, that's that's what they're doing. The Republicans are such white supremacists that they're using minorities to advance white supremacy. Don't you have any respect for yourself? The answer is no. Okay. She's telling them to put their boot on the neck of poor browns, immigrants, immigrants, refugees, and black folks. That's what she did in her ad. Do you remember? I feel like it would have been a bigger headline. If Nikki Haley's ad said, and what you got to do is you got to take your boot and put it on the neck of Browns. And which, by the way, who the hell calls them poor Browns? This is a weird one. Immigrants, refugees and black folks. That's what you got to do. That's what this guy is saying. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. It is disgusting. But what did he close those remarks with? Okay, and it doesn't matter, Nikki Haley. Because no matter what you do, they're never going to love you because you're a woman of color. Which is so funny because what's the debate right now within the Democratic Party? Andrea Mitchell flat out asking Kamala Harris, a woman of color, why Democrats say she shouldn't be the next nominee if Biden drops out of the race. Okay, to be clear, they don't even want her on the ticket if Biden stays in the race. But of course, you know, if Republicans don't wind up supporting a woman of color, it's because they're racist. But if Democrats don't wind up supporting women of color, do you get the grift here? The whole thing is a scam. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. Okay, understand. It's no differently than when Hillary Clinton lost in 2016. They say, well, she lost because of misogyny, the patriarchy, the Republicans are just anti-woman, I guess. But then how do you explain the Democrats who shot down Hillary Clinton when she ran for president in 2008? This is not okay. Okay, understand. You don't have an answer to that. So was it misogyny when she, no, she just, you like the other candidate better, which is no different than if, in fact, we don't nominate Nikki Haley. It's really no different than if we don't nominate Kamala Harris on the Democratic side. If we don't nominate Kamala Harris... It's not because she's a woman of color. It's because Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> But here is Andrea Mitchell asking Kamala Harris why she's taking so much heat within her own party. It's clip 28. Dozens of Democratic leaders are saying that they not only don't think that he's the strongest candidate, you know, considering the larger field that could be possible given his age and other defects, but they don't think that you are the right person to be on the ticket. Why do you think that? 
I think that it is very important to focus on the needs of the American people and not political chatter out of Washington, D.C. <laughs> you don't have a clue. <laughs> Kamala Harris, and again, I wish her no ill will. For all I know, she might be great at a party. I, and I've actually heard she's great at a party. If you've ever hung out with Willie Brown. I love it when you talk dirty. And that's just a cheap shot by me, but what's left of this country besides cheap shots? But here's the truth. Kamala's really uncomfortable in her own skin. She's a stupid person. And I don't say that because of her race or her gender. I say it because she happens to be of very low intelligence. Okay, it's nothing, nothing to do with anything. Okay, and she might be a good person, so I wish her no ill will. But she's so uncomfortable in her own skin that she can't speak beyond a talking point. That's why when she gets in front of a microphone, she'll th say things like, well, the significance of the passage of time is when you think about the significance to the passage of time, there is, in fact, so much significance to the passage of time. What an idiot. But then when you think about just the significance of the passage of time in the lives of children, and that goes on, and you're like, shut up, will you shut up? She's terrible. And the Democrats don't want her on the ticket because they know she can't win. And it doesn't mean they're racist. It doesn't mean they're misogynists. Kamala Harris ran for the Democratic nomination in 2020. She was polling at 1%, and she dropped out before the Iowa caucuses. That's the equivalent of throwing up before the ball drop on New Year's Eve. You're the person at 1102. Nobody can get in the bathroom. So you're puking in the shower like some kind of dirtbag. That's Kamala Harris. But on the other side of town, you know, no Democrat wants anything to do with Kamala Harris. But Republicans, if they don't elect Nikki Haley, they must be some type of racists. OK, but make no mistake about it. They're very threatened by the idea of Nikki Haley. So Don Don Lemon goes on the air and on CNN and says that, you know, she's Pastor Frime in front of millions of viewers. <laughs> All right. Well, he said she's Pastor Frime in front of like hundreds of thousands of viewers. <laughs> What up? The point is, he said she was Pastor Prime in front of a decent amount of people. There you go. But the point is, Whoopi Goldberg tried to carry that narrative forward. And understand, Whoopi Goldberg is weapons-grade stupid. One of the dumbest people ever to hold elected office. Never forget, she recommended Jill Biden for Surgeon General. The fact that she's not even a medical doctor. Dr. Jill becomes a Surgeon General. His wife. Yeah. Joe Biden's wife. Because she, you know, she he would been... never do it. But she, she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was I a doctor like and PhD. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, I, don't, oh, I, don't I could know. be wrong. Maybe I thought she was yeah, a I think she's, she's oh. a teacher, but. I'm surrounded by idiots. But here is Whoopi Goldberg telling you Nikki Haley's not a new generation of politics. Come on. What are you talking about? Now, understand Whoopi Goldberg has endorsed Joe Biden. He's in his late hundreds. He's legitimately 30 years older than Nikki Haley. But here's Whoopi trying to take this line of attack. Somehow they're going after Nikki Haley's age. I don't quite get it. Whoopi Goldberg is about 15 years older, almost 20 years older than Nikki Haley. But here it is, clip 23. You're not a new generation. You're 51. What are you talking about? <laughs> Who are these people clapping? Who are these 68-year-old gassy women from the suburbs? Compared to D.C., that's a new generation. Well, but, it's, but it's not a new generation. She may be she may be younger than most of those people, but her, her rhetoric is the same. She's saying yeah. the same BS. Oh, God, this is so embarrassing. 
Whoopi go. And I love the people clapping. She's not a new generation. And everyone applauded. They're 20 years older than her. Come on, man. This is stupid. It's stupid. Uh, and the big thing here, Nikki Haley spoke to it, is that she's kind of used to this. Okay. She's, but here she is talking to Sean Hannity. I'll be on his show tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. He knows where those ratings bread are buttered. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I'm just talking smack. I'm in a chippy mood. But I'm thrilled. I love going on Hannity. He's the best. He's really funny off the air. We always have a lot of laughs. And uh, he throws a lot of footballs into the audience. And people love it. Uh, But here is Nikki Haley on Hannity talking about the attacks from the left. It's clip 24. I have dealt with this all my life. They can't stand a conservative minority female not being a Democrat. They will continue to throw everything. When I first won the governorship in South Carolina, it was liberal minority Democrats that said she's not a minority. She's just a conservative with a tan. I mean, this is going to continue to happen, but it infuriates them because they know we win independents. They know we win suburban women. They know that we win minorities because our solutions lift up everyone not just a select few. Hold on, because I was just told from MSNBC that you don't want to lift up minorities. You actually instructed us to put our boot on the neck of poor browns, immigrants, refugees, and black folks. That is so embarrassing. (laughs) Let me give you one more Nikki Haley just for a laugh. This is clip 25. Look at how hypocritical this is. If a Republican had said this about Kamala Harris, if a Republican had said this about any Democrat, they'd be asking for people to be fired. You're not hearing any of that. I mean, first day it was um, Whoopi Goldberg. The second day it's Don Lemon. You know, today the view picks it back up again, and they're trying to glorify Dianne Feinstein and you know, Maxine Waters, when I say we should have mental competency tests for people over the age of 75, um, you know, we've we've easily struck a nerve, but I'll wear it as a badge of honor. It is so bananas. But you really think about it. Why are the Democrats going after Nikki Haley? Because they are threatened by her. They're very much threatened by her. So they're threatening her. Are you threatening me, sir? Absolutely. But if you're going to make the battle about age... Okay, it doesn't end well for you if all your candidates are 30 years older than her. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Chadwick Moore is coming up. Jessica Tarloff coming up. We talk to people from all sides of the aisle, whether we agree with their positions in their party or not. Democrats are so full of crap. A lot of them are, but we like Tarloff. We get on with her well, and I'm really interested to hear what she has to say about these attacks on Nikki Haley. I know Steve is down in Beaufort, South Carolina, where she was the governor at one point. Yo, Steve. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing, sir? I'm good. Now, just to be clear, Nikki Haley was the governor. Is the place still standing, or did they all become white supremacists? <laughs> no, the place is still standing, and, and I thought she did a good job. And it's funny. My wife and I are at odds. She's saying no, 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 and she's more into politics than I am now. Mm-hmm. I created a monster. <laughs> but um, but I think she did She did a really good job, even though she didn't, didn't you know, stay during the whole time, you know, being, being secretary – 
uh, you know, I think she did a good time. A good thing was she's there. My wife is saying that, hey, you know, she said she wouldn't run against Trump, and now she's saying that she will. But um, aside from the fact that, that she's easy on the eye, she seems smart. She's eloquent. Um, you know, so much better than uh, Biden and Harris. I mean, Harris likes yellow school buses and can't form complete sentences. So, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and it, it's just maybe getting someone in there fresh, and I'm perfectly comfortable. Let's get a, a woman in there. Hey, you know, I'm convinced that wives are on earth to keep their husbands from doing stupid things and keeping us alive longer. So so why not get her in there? Oh, but, but you know, my wife is glaring at me right here because, you know, she's, she's not a Nikki friend. You know, personally, I, I go back and forth with Mikey all the time on uh-huh. uh, Trump back. But but, you know, that that probably won't happen. Uh-huh. But anyhow, it's going to be interesting. The per- Go ahead. The, the person that screened my call said, you know, get right to the point and all that. And I, I realized I got a limited time. Uh-huh. And um, excuse me, I'm a red eye. I've got two beers. I just got home. Yes. And, and I'm nice, nice and relaxed and comfortable. <laughs> but I got, I got a. I got a solution to this whole Ukraine thing too. Well, I'm going to lose you before you can give me that because I'm. It's we're up against a hard commercial break. But call back tomorrow if you have a Ukraine solution. uh, After four beers, sanctions everywhere. Sanctions to Ukraine and sanctions to China right off the bat. All right, I will pass along your advice, Stephen. Great call. Uh, Tell the wife not to beat you up for saying Nikki Haley was easy on the eyes. I'll see you soon. All right, take take care. Bye, Steve. A fan. A fan of the governor's looks. Hubba, hubba. It is getting hot in here, Steve-O. Listen, Nikki Haley, I don't doubt, would be a fantastic president. And in fact, pretty much anybody listening to the show right now would be a better president than what we currently have. Okay, we have become a laughingstock under this leadership. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And as you know, this is a show that is open to all political persuasions. We've been given a lot of hell to Don Lemon over at CNN this week. But our next guest, a huge Don Lemon supporter. I don't know why. Let's see what he has to say. Chadwick Moore is on the show. Hello, Chadwick. <laughs> hey, Jimmy. How's it going? I, I, I Better than, than it is for your guy, Don Lemon. What's with you and him? Why do you like him so oh. much? Because he gives such good content. How can you not love the man? I mean, where would you guys be over at Fox without Don Lemon? <laughs> well, excuse me. Content. Excuse me. It's Lemon. Just so you're yeah, clear. Correct, correct. I, I work on the same floor as Tucker. You're not going to catch me saying lemon. I'll get held out the window by my ankles. Come on, Chadwick. <laughs> we got a lot of mutual friends. You know that. I'm kidding. But isn't this, isn't this one hilarious? Because what's going on for real is I see CNN's master plan working. I think they wanted to fire him back when he was a primetime host. They were afraid he was going to internally like accuse them of some kind of a racism and file a lawsuit. So they started the process of firing him in stages, demote him to a, a group show in the morning, watch him self-destruct there. I think he gave them the out with this other comment, but now it looks like a diversity training will be like the final straw. What do you, like, what do you think is going on? Yeah, I agree. And in fact, I'll I'll go another step and say, I don't know this for certain, but like someone, maybe someone put 
that in his ear to make that comment on the air because it was so stupid because they wanted him to say something stupid that they could get rid of him over, you know, going after another group like women. I mean, like, why would you just out and say that unless some producer or someone was like, hey, you know, she's really past her prime. Maybe you should say that. Uh, That's just where my head goes. I don't know. But but it seems like they really wanted him out. This, This seems like a perfect um, excuse to do that. Very interesting theory. Chadwick Moore is on the line. The only fork in the road intellectually for you and me right here is I've never known Don Lemon to need help saying something stupid. <laughs> you know? You know what? Yeah, you are right about that. True. But th- and, yeah, this one just really well, took the cake. Into my- well, yes, and the, but the reason I think it was like a spontaneous moment of stupidity is because of the Google it. Google it is what you do at a bar. When you've said something so absurd, <laughs> but you're trying to hold on to some type of intellectual indemnification. No, Google it, bro. It's not as crazy as it sounds. You know, when you find yourself yelling Google it on live TV. <laughs> you yeah. And, and, you know, I, and coming, I got to say, you know, coming from him, he's what, 56, I think. And yep. I'm like, you're a 56 year old gay man saying a 52 year old woman is faster prime. As a member of that community, I think you're past your prime in the gay world, and you're like 26 and a half. Whoa! He had a lot of uh, cojones saying that about a woman. That's all I got to say about it. Well, they weren't my plan to come out. You're telling me my options are few. Yeah, I know. I know. I was going to tell you that uh, later on. Oh, here I was thinking I was a bear. I think I had, I had some. I thought I had some real leads. If Jenny shut me off, doesn't sound like it, Chadwick. Well, there went that plan. So much for the weekend. Um, let's talk about this because he's not the only one, though, who held on to this lane of attack. Like Whoopi Goldberg tried like a similar tactic. And again, Whoopi Goldberg is a stupid person, but she tried making the argument that Nikki Haley's not a new generation. I'm like, but if you're endorsing people in their late hundreds, I would have to think. Nikki Haley, who's legitimately 30 years younger than Joe Biden, has to be in a different generation than him. Yeah, yeah. You're watching them all fall apart over this because they're still defending Joe Biden, who, I mean, like, has, like, his experience goes back to, like, segregationist era. I mean, (laughs) it was like... Maybe. Like, supporting Robert Byrd. (laughs) Do you think Whoopi Goldberg actually meant she's not a member of... Remember Prince and the New Generation? Maybe she meant, like, no, she ain't in that band. Because I don't know how else you could draw the distinction. Because you're right. Biden is... You're right to say that about Biden. You know, like, he has been in Washington since Washington. You know, and this idea that his, you know, Nikki Haley would be part of his ilk, I just think is absurd on its face. But what does it speak to, Chadwick? I think is them being very much threatened by a woman of color. Is that not what we're looking at here? Yeah. And, and you know, yeah, Biden's been in Washington since pterodactyls were nesting there and <laughs> they don't really know what to do with Nikki Haley. Uh, and, you know, they probably see her as very centrist and charismatic and think that she can take some votes away from them. So, you know, she's not the most, you know, MAGA America first person. Mm-hmm. So they might be seeing that as a threat. And, and, uh, and of course, they're going to be spinning, trying to trying to yeah. uh, run cover for Biden. Well, they're But they're giving her the full Clarence Thomas. MSNBC said that she's using her brown skin to launder white supremacy. So like how like I always say like we're living in the death of shame. But to sit there and actually like level that accusation, having time to have gone through hair and makeup before your TV hit and still think that's like a passable analysis. Like what is going on? Like are are, are we living in the death of shame? Am I right to say? 
Uh, yeah, the, the, the whole um, uh, multi-ethnic white supremacy argument, which popped up a few years ago when uh, I guess when reporters were going to Trump rallies and seeing every color of the rainbow and they couldn't wrap their minds around what was happening here. So it must be multi-ethnic white supremacy, of course. <laughs> uh, it, well, it also goes with the whole like how they redefine white to mean um, not like like a, a, I don't know, being on time and supporting capitalism or whatever. It, it's a longer skin color. It's a it's a political ideology. So th- this is how they get around, you know, the, the, the fact that their whole uh, racism argument completely falls apart and fails. It's saying we're not actually talking about someone's skin color. It's more of a system that we're describing. <laughs> it's it is so fascinating. Like apparently like they need to get in touch with the publisher because apparently there was a typo in the white supremacist handbook that they let in <laughs> all these other ethnicities and it's crazy. And yes, the systemic thing, that's my favorite thing. Like the whole 1619 narrative that we're so racist we can't even see it. It's absurd on its face, but it works on a lot of white people. There are white people that are apologizing for their very existence. Like I'm not apologizing for anything. Like some of my fashion choices, I absolutely owe the world an apology, but nothing else that's gone on in this country requires any type of response for you or me. Well, yeah, and I love the way you dress, firstly. I've never Yeah, Chadwick, I'm back! Ever. Take the, hold on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Take that, gay community. You were writing me off three minutes ago. If you, if you, if you like the way I'm back in the hunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, we might be able to bring you in just on your style alone. Uh, <laughs> but it's also these, it's, it's the sort of, the sort of people you're talking about. It's, it's always the same kind of person who has, got, who has spent way too much time in academia and reading the New York Times and in this mindset where everything – nothing is just is what it seems. Everything needs to be constantly broke down and dissected, and you have to do a million different mental gymnastics yeah. to make sense of the world. So, of course, you can finagle these strange new definitions of the same things. It's how they exist. Because I think their lives are ultimately very empty, and they have nothing else to preoccupy their minds and hearts with. Yeah, that but is true. I know so many self-hating white people here in Manhattan who, as you know, are living lives of spectacular financial prosperity. But they go home every night, stick their head in the bathtub, and scream underwater because yes. they really are like miserable, miserable people. What's interesting about this, though, we're talking to Chadwick Moore. Um, is someone who I would describe as a self-hating white person, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, actually took some shots at the response in East Palestine, Ohio. Now, she didn't call out Pete Buttigieg by name or the administration per se, but she did call it, you know, at least to her credit, called out the train company. Um, Where do you weigh in on this? Because I feel like, you know, the EPA has done people dirty in the past. Would you trust what you are hearing in Ohio right now? No, I mean, I absolutely would not trust. I, I don't think anyone does trust what, what what's going on there. Um, it's, and, and yeah, it's interesting that Rosie did call that out. But, you know, when these things when people like that do sometimes get on the right side of things or draw attention to the right issues, they immediately will then blow up yes. all their credibility by saying something else completely crazy. Or or I'm surprised <laughs> she didn't like try to blame Trump for it or whatever some people <laughs> on the left are doing now. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Like it's one, coming. Yeah. Yeah. That one, once it's been talked about on Fox a few times, she'll try to get back into like her social circle by yeah, it'll be like a Trump thing. But Buttigieg tried to make it a Trump thing because he said what? He said, well, you know, there was some there were some rules that were changed under the previous administration. But if you're constrained by rules that you think are so egregious in their changing, they've had two years to change them back. So they're really, again, this is a, another pass the buck attempt. 
Oh, yeah. And it's just, I mean, wow. I mean, we knew he would be a joke. We didn't know it was going to be this bad. Like, it's one transportation story after another, like, every other week now with him uh, heading up that department. I mean, and he's just completely clueless. He couldn't care less about the job he's supposed to be doing. He wants to talk about racist bridges and, and, you know, pronouns or whatever. I mean, if that is a lesson for why you shouldn't, you know, Mm -hmm. why diversity hiring is bad when you need people who are qualified, I think it's um, uh, Mayor Pete. (laughs) That, well, that's what I think. They might have killed identity politics once and for all, just based on the ineptitude of like him and KJP and certainly Kamala. Uh, Chadwick Moore is on the line. He is the author of So You've Been Sent to Diversity Training, which is a phenomenal read. Uh, and I say that as someone who is not a – as Chadwick, anyone listening to the show knows I'm not a big reader. The fact that you were on the show and we discussed your book <laughs> at length. It's actually a better endorsement. You know, like Oprah had a book club, but she was endorsing books left and right. Like if I'm endorsing a book, it's like one of two things I've read in the last five years. It, it should mean, shouldn't it technically mean more to get an endorsement from a less intellectual host than all the fancy ones who endorse your work? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You're my audience. <laughs> the target demo. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. Well, let me ask you this, because Pete Buttigieg's job for all intents and purposes, I think, is to run for VP in 2024. I think he wants to get added to that ticket. And I don't think Democrats are mad at him for the job he's done because it really is. It, it, he's a he's a partisan issue, meaning anything that's been screwed up under his watch, the Democrats kind of dismiss as a Republican attack point. So do you think within his own party, he's still in the good standing that would allow him to run yeah yeah i think you're right about that uh because they don't care and and a lot of these the biggest disasters such as what's happening in ohio doesn't touch the democrat party base and especially the donor class they don't care they don't care what's going on in ohio just like they don't care about they don't live near areas like that that's why they don't care about crime they don't live in crime ridden areas they're protected so i think they do like him just purely on the fact that he's uh uh, charming gay guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an intellectual, and and he's never really had a real job. Uh, I think that, that that yeah, because they don't they don't bother that stuff. They don't care. I don't know if he'd actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they could replace Kamala Harris with him though. I mean, well, you know, white gay man is still lower than black woman on the totem pole. So I think <laughs> that might raise eyebrows, and that will really piss off black voters. I think you don't. Obviously, so, like Mayor Pete, you got like zero percent in the in yeah. the primaries. Well, that's something they don't speak to in their party. Is that Mayor Pete polls in the black community at, at literally nothing, like no. not, like actually nothing, um, which is fascinating stuff. But if they were going to pull Kamala off the ticket, because I've heard the, the you know that that kind of thought is that they'd have to replace her with a woman of color. So doesn't that open up a lane for Elizabeth Warren? <laughs> Yes, it does. I think she's, <laughs> she's been making trips to the White House recently. We need to keep an eye on that. Yeah, I think she's the one spreading these rumors that we need to replace Kamala with a woman of color. I think this is where <laughs> she makes her move and muscles her way onto the ticket. And yeah. just one other thing I wanted to throw at you because I just found it so funny, Chadwick. There was a Bernie Sanders um, clip making the rounds because he got asked over the weekend about the fact that he's charging $95 to get into his lecture about it's okay to be angry at capitalism. And he tried to point it off on the publisher saying, you know, I have nothing to do with that. The publisher does what they do. Um, but if you are writing a book, you're certainly making money depending on how many copies you sell, no? Well, yes, yes, exactly So when right. Bernie Sanders says he doesn't make a penny off of these events, he also said in the same, in the same line of questioning, he goes, well, I'm not, uh, I'm not making any money. In fact, the people who pay to get in get a free copy of the book. But it's not a free copy of the book. It's part of the admission. 
yeah, exactly. Oh, and, and oh, and and you know, Bernie, in this country, if you want to write a book, you don't have to sign up with one of these evil capitalistic publishing companies, these media conglomerates. Mm-hmm. You can't self-publish on Amazon. You know that, right, yep. Bernie? No, nope, but you no. won't get the big advance for the big book tour. But uh, yep. that's um, you know, them's the breaks. But well, you know, when you're when you're as anti, so anti-capitalist that you own three homes. You know, it's yeah. hard to make peace with that. I mean, he's again, again, and he's so committed to fighting, you know, our carbon footprint that he's built three homes that he drives <laughs> hundreds of miles. I mean, this is a man committed to the cause, and that cause is ripping off gullible people. It's the funniest <laughs> thing. It's like I don't get mad at people like this because, like, they're getting over on somebody. Did you see how Al Gore's ESG owns stock in 18 different companies that have increased pollution between 2015 and 2021? Like, I respect Al Gore. People call up ready to shoot somebody when you bring up Al Gore. But I think he's hilarious because he's just getting rich off stupid people. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I mean, they're, they're, they're playing, they, they know that the game and the Democrat party game. And I think this is probably most of them, especially of Al Gore's generation. Uh-huh. And they're just playing people for suckers and they're making out like bandits. Yep. Good I'm, for them. I'm telling you in our, in our next go round, when we get tired of this media thing, you and me would be such good climate activists. We could hang out. <laughs> we could get a private jet. We could eat all the steak in the world and we could just scream at people about their carbon footprint. And I would be great at it. We could throw in some jokes. You know, you're coming uh, from the gay community, which gives that kind of insulates you against criticism. I'm obviously yeah. going to identify as, as you know, non-binary or something to give me a little bit of protection. And then we mm-hmm. could just pistol whip people into giving us all kinds of money. Oh, to be amazing. Hey, we just got to fake our own arrest. Uh, <laughs> <Don. Chad>. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Just call him Chadwick Thornburg. He's going to be there <laughs> making that money. You're the best, buddy. I'll catch up with you soon. All right. See you later. There he goes. The legendary Chadwick Moore. There we go. Back after this. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon in New York for the full week. Then we go back on the road next Friday, March the 3rd. I'm at the Federal Way Performing Arts Center right out there in Seattle, part of my 10th city tour. Uh, March the 4th, I'm at the Crest Theater in Sacramento, California, if you want to come hang out. If you're listening on KSUE up in Susanville, California, gas up the car. If you're listening on KKFT. Drive over from Reno. Come hang out with your radio buddy, would you? Uh, Friday night, April the 7th, I'll be at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. Saturday night, April the 8th, I'm at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. And then we're back on the East Coast, finally, April 21st and 22nd at Bananas in Bergen, New Jersey. I will post links to all of this on the Fox Cross America Facebook page. Uh, And I will be also announcing a series of new dates. Kennedy and I are going on the Laughs and Liberty Tour. Uh, And we're going to be hitting a lot of theaters over the summer with me and my pal Kennedy, the woman who gave me my start. She is the one. She gave me my start in cable news. What an idiot. Whatever. It's kind of worked out. So far, so good. Uh, And we're going to be on the road uh, meeting all of you, hanging out, taking selfies, doing the damn thing. So come hang out with your radio buddy. Uh, And in the next hour, don't go anywhere. 
This is probably the worst tease I can possibly do. Jessica Tarloff is joining us at the next at the top of the next hour. That's stupid. Use your common sense. No, I want to hear a liberal perspective on what's going on. We've got the Don Lemon thing. We've got the Nikki Haley thing. We've got the Pete Booty Judge thing. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. But JT, for whatever you think of her, uh, she is a great hang. And I'm very fascinated in talking across the aisle because that was the whole point of this country. We were supposed to be free-range chickens. E pluribus unum. We can agree to disagree. Do you remember that? Ah, we agree to disagree. It's so bitter now it doesn't work that way. It's like, well, uh, let's agree to disagree. And they're like, well, your wife's a hoe. You're like, wait, what just happened? I thought we were just going to, you know, do that whole thing. So that's what we'll do. We'll have a good old America when we come back. Freedom! Exactly. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It's a big hour of Fox Across America. We don't normally do this, but our producer, our guest producer, Christine, has booked a guest at the top of the hour. What the hell were you thinking? Uh, We'll find out in a minute. Uh, And it's not just any guest. She's a superstar, co-host of The Five. I'm talking about Jessica Tarloff, who is in the house. Yo, JT. Hello. Hi. Really Happy top of the hour. Happy top of the hour. Really quick, though. We have a note for Christine. Just hold on one second. Step into my office. What? Because you're fired. I'm kidding. Christine. It's her last hour on uh, Fox Across America as she returns to her natural habitat, which is the Guy Benson show. And uh, she wanted to give a parting gift to our listeners, so naturally she booked my favorite guest. And I do not say that sarcastically. You know I'm a huge fan of you. How you doing, JT? I was up in Utica uh, slanging jokes. I brought the link man. He got on stage, told some jokes, did a little silly Q&A with the crowd. It was actually, it was actually, yeah, it was a good weekend with some bad parenting is how I would describe it. Isn't that like every weekend in your house? Tarlov taking shots at the champ. I'm sorry. And when is your mommy of the year award getting, uh, when are you receiving that again? to 14 months and she is happy um we went to the liberty science center which is just the cutest place so like babies playing with little scales i saw i'll send you pictures producer christine has already seen them that's adorable um but i'm just kidding you're a wonderful father i've even seen you being wonderful in real life with lincoln is he bragging about comedy to his friends you see, I don't know what the take is. Like, this is the thing. You don't read his phone? No, I actually don't go anywhere. I don't want to go anywhere. Oh. His phone. Like, knowing what I was doing as a 14-year-old boy, I don't want anything to do with that. dirty to touch. Yeah, that house of horrors. <laughs> I don't have a hazmat suit. Are you kidding me? Jenny, you could do that. Uh, we've hit it with holy water a few times. We brought in the woman from The Exorcist. It's a 14-year-old boy. Uh, but no, I yeah. laugh. Uh, this is what I know. He is really, like, into it in the sense that he goes on stage in sunglasses and gets on stage before I can even finish his intro. Like, I'll be like, we have a special guest coming to the stage. And before I can say who it is, I just hear the boots and he's on the stage standing next to me. So he wants to Aww. be there, you know? Yeah. And that's the internal debate I was having is like, I don't want to traumatize my kid and like throw him into showbiz. Uh, But if, in fact, he wanted to pursue this life and he was any good at it, I would love to be the fat, lazy stage dad that just spent his kid's money. (laughs) 
Wouldn't that be, isn't that really the dream if baby Cleo wants to, you know, host a show and you can take some time off? Yeah, totally. When people are would say, you know, like Gerber baby is still the height of cute, right? Like yeah. that that's the go-to, like, oh, your kid could out, your kid could be a Gerber baby. And every time I'm like, oh, no, no, we're, you know, we're just happy as we are. Cause they, and they might think like you're on TV, you'd want this. And then secretly though, I'm like, it would be great if you could fund us later in life like we'll take your first yes. 25 years or whatever and you take our back 25 years uh would be fabulous i would sign for that in a second jessica tarloff is in the house uh, articulating the hopes and dreams of i think every parent listening which is like yeah. yo kid see this is the common ground we talk about when we get together um let's have a few laughs we'll go through my party we'll go through your party i think there's a weird line of attack coming out against nikki haley i don't think don lemon obviously speaks for all democrats and neither does whoopi goldberg uh but whoopi goldberg also tried to do like the she's not a new generation i do think nikki haley would represent a new generation could we start there yeah, and a new gender, which mm. I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Like, if I if we got to lose, I'd like to lose to a lady. Because at least it's progress, right? <laughs> that we're moving in, in some positive direction. That's how I felt about Amy Coney Barrett. I was like, you know, she's like four years old and has 75 children. But, like, at least we have a, another woman on the court. And I think that that's great. And then four years old because she'll be on there forever. Obviously, yeah. I know that she yeah, did well, not have a child mm-hmm. and wasn't, you know. Yes, well. Uh, whatever the implications. I know. Were, no, I'm I with you. Take it back. Don't, you don't have to clean yeah. it up on this show. And she'd be lucky she's okay. four. She, she'd be lucky she's four years old. If she was any older, she'd be considered past her prime. Oh, yes. Well, on CNN. Isn't but that? not on Fox News. <laughs> yeah. I love I really love the comment only because, you know, he catches himself and says, Google it, which is such a funny thing because you only bust out right. Google it if you're like losing an argument at a bar. Yeah, I, I think that that's great. <laughs> it's like, go oh, Google I, it, bro. I don't know. I just thought the whole I thought the whole thing was so funny. But it's women have been center stage on the show today, not just because you're my favorite guest in the world, but because also we were playing some Kamala clips. And she was asked by Andrea Mitchell uh, why she wouldn't be at the top of the Democratic ticket if Biden didn't run. Uh, Kamala pivoted and just said, like, her focus is on the American people. Right. But do you think, you know, do you do, do you think there's any world where if Biden doesn't run, there would be a push for Kamala to be at the top of the ticket? Or do we see a wide open primary like we're about to see in the Republican Party? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's like 20 people mm-hmm. like it was yeah. in 2020, but right. there's no way that there isn't a township and there should be. Right. The American people didn't pick Kamala yep. to be president. They picked Joe Biden. And she didn't uh, she left even before a single vote was cast in Iowa. So I think that she does need to be tested that way. And think of it this way, that she has four years of really important political experience now that she can use to campaign with. But no way that it's just going to be a handoff of some kind if he doesn't run. But he is running. So it's much of a muchness. Well, let me ask you this, then. Um, Speaking to that four years of experience she would have uh, to be on the ticket potentially a second time, um, do you see her being on the ticket a second time? Or is it too much of a liability to remove a woman of color from the ticket? I mean, it's not just that. It's just something that doesn't happen. Yeah, it's right. Right? Like, what would the argument be for doing it, essentially, at this point, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Joe Biden has had incredible success in the midterms you know everyone 
always underestimates him, and he's done pretty well. Even Republicans have had to admit he it. He definitely did better and, in the midterms. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I tip my cap to that. No one, no one forca- forecasted the night that they had. So, yes, I can see the point. Continue. I'm sorry. Right. And she's part of that. So I think that you need to have representation. And what are you going to do? Say, like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to get rid of this black woman and pick up Val Demings or something. Like, it's just an impossibility. Yeah. Like, the idea of doing it. So I know that all of this is fun fantasy work, yes. though, because we have a year, you know, a yeah. year and three quarters until the election. So. I know. We've got a Jackie We got to have some fun here, Jessica Tarloff. Um, yeah. Well, let me ask you this then, because uh, you said Biden's definitely running. You know, they had initially said he was going to announce shortly after the State of the Union. Um, you know, we're a few weeks removed from the State of the Union. When do you think he's going to announce that he's running again? I, I guess within a few weeks. Like, I thought it would be now, but then maybe the Ukraine stuff yeah. came together that he was going to go do that. Obviously, that's been... Mm-hmm. Um, a big moment for him yesterday and today, his speech mm-hmm. in Warsaw. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would I would think that it was imminent. I don't have the scheduling on it, but <laughs> I had thought that it was coming sooner than it has, yeah, evidently. That... And that's the only big thing that's happened that seems yeah. to, that like it could throw it off. Well, let me ask you, you know, because he did take a train into Ukraine. What do you think is riskier, mm-hmm. taking a train into Ukraine or taking a train under Pete Buttigieg's leadership? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I don't think there were any toxic chemicals on that crazy train. Did you see how gorgeous it was? <laughs> they got nice like trains. Like the car that he was in? Now, to be clear, yeah. I'm from New York, so every train looks nice to me besides the ones I stare at every day. Except the <laughs> Long Island Railroad. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, where's the graffiti? What do you call this, a train? Come on, man. <laughs> what is this fresh scent that smells nothing like urine? Um <laughs> So no, I, I will say, which is a first, did you know that he's now the first sitting president to travel through a war zone that has no U.S. presence? Wow. Yeah, I did. On a train. But, I, yeah. but oh, okay. I, I, there are a lot of people here. We follow here. the same people on Twitter. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I, I, yeah, a lot of historian fun facts and stuff like that. Well, no, I yeah. hear that the, the people I follow are doing the opposite, though. They can't believe he's there. They think it's out, you know. Oh, because he hates America. Yeah. yeah, that whole thing. So here's what it is. It definitely back home, like if you're in East Palestine, Ohio, and I'm sure you've had to discuss this on The Five, the mayor yeah. was yelling and screaming on Jesse's show last night that they feel like mm-hmm. – you know, they're second-class citizens in ter- in the fact that they're right. not being made to feel like they're the priority. Do you think they could be doing a better job in East Palestine? Oh, I think everybody could. I'm not into, and we talked about this yesterday, you're right, like, there's been a rewriting of what happened to say that the administration didn't offer anything and, like, FEMA didn't, you know, give an F and whatever. That's not what happened here, but everybody is false at fault, like state, federal, local, Norfolk Southern, for most of all. I mm-hmm. mean, offering people a thousand dollars as like, That's oh, we're absurd. really sorry. Yeah. It's insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, just what is that going to get you in the long term, right? And this might be a long term problem yeah. for them. So, yeah, of course, I think things could have been handled better. I think that it's a travesty that these things actually happen with some degree of regularity and we don't even hear about them. Mm -hmm. And when they say that they feel, you know, ignored, it's an interesting moment because you have, it's a tiny community, 5,000 people, average Mm -hmm. income, $45,000, $46,000. 
basically ignored the first 10 days, right? No one was talking about it except local papers, and the national news didn't even bother to pick it up. Mm-hmm. So people are like, oh, you know, these forgotten people. And then you had the, the folks in Flint yeah, who are just black version mm-hmm. of what's going on here. People ignored the fact that they were drinking crappy water mm-hmm. for ages. Don't th- um, think about and that. It's, uh, oh, yeah. We've been playing this video of Obama pretending to drink the water there and people being freaked out, you know, the locals and stuff like that. It's really yeah. weird how, you know, certain towns, I, I don't know if it's there, you know, the income bracket makes them not the priority because we've seen it happen in New York, too. In a post 9-11 world, the EPA said the air was safe and we all know how that worked out. So I think the cynicism yeah. is healthy where I think the Biden administration has had a problem specifically, though, is that is just optics. Um and at this point, like, I mean, if you're the transportation secretary, do you wait 11 days to tweet about this? Or was that a reaction to the fact that he was starting to catch political pressure? Oh, it definitely was. And I don't know why, because there actually were transportation employees on the ground there. Like, it was a very strange asymmetry between it, because when Governor DeWine was interviewed, the first round of them, he was, I think it was on Morning Joe, he said that. The federal employees who are there have been great. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why he hadn't asked for more and didn't do the FEMA request, which then came later and apparently was denied because yeah. it's not the right kind of cataclysmic disaster or whatever. Um, no, I, I, I think that it has definitely, from an optics standpoint, been completely mishandled. Like everyone knows that handling a crisis. It's mostly showing up, yep. right? And just letting people yell at you. Like that's the. <laughs> Is that what we're calling marriage now? <laughs> just, sh- just show yeah. up. <laughs> just show Are you going to be home tonight? Because I have some feelings. Um, <laughs> Jenny's air into that. But it's not great. And I don't know why these always, and it, it happens, I'm sure, for you. It's frustrating on your side when it happens. Like these, like the missed layups, right? Like yeah. no one asked you to go into the dunk contest and do a Mac McClung, right? <laughs> like they just asked you to show up. And shoot a layup. That's all he right? had to do. Right, like that's and you did, and you gave me no layup. No, he gave so. you an air, he gave you an air ball. And you know what? He had this is what I don't get though, because if he showed up last week when they were doing the town hall, because the Norfolk Southern Company, of course, didn't show up. So if right. Pete walks into town, he's able to say, "Hey, I'm better than these evil corporations who couldn't come here. Shame on them!" And he actually buys yeah. himself some currency. That's a good point. Yes, and being anti-corporate overlord, which yep. is the Democratic mantra. Give me you're this. Right. I mean, yeah, no, because you're right. But let me give me give me this though. Do you think? Because my theory is they don't really want to go near these train these rail disasters because they kind of highlight the needs for pipelines, something the environmental wing of the Democratic Party opposes. We don't hear a lot about pipelines lines overturning <laughs> no i mean they can we can have bills right mm-hmm. that's that's like the bp situation was mm-hmm. going like going through to a pipeline right yep. but uh no sure but also there was so much wrong with this train that mm-hmm. it had food and toxic chemicals like that i think is should yeah. be illegal if it yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. illegal. Like it seems like there was a lot of shady, shady stuff going on with this particular Listen, uh, when, hall. Long story short, for America, if New Yorkers are criticizing your trains, yeah. there's a really big problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not good. <laughs> it's not good, Jessica Toller. But you're good, and the audience loves you, and you know that. And we got through this without a single pineapple being said. No.
No pineapples. Um, I felt completely safe. I got a Mac McClung reference in. You did. You Um, you worked in some NBA. I was getting nervous because we were like a minute out from the commercial break and we hadn't hit our NBA quota yet. You still got it, JT. You still got it. We'll see you on the TV. You're the best. All right. There she goes, the great Jessica Tarloff. There we go back after this. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910, the phone number if you want to be a part of the shindig. Also, the phone number if you don't want to be a part of this show. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. Fine. We'll duke it out right here on the air. But right now, we head out to Walla Walla, Washington. Lloyd is in the house. Yo, Lloyd. Hey, Jimmy. My man. Hey, uh, Jessica Tarloff said that if uh, the Democrats were going to lose, that uh, she'd like to see him lose to a woman. And I'll tell you what, if we can field someone like Golda Meir or Maggie Thatcher, I would vote for her early and often. Wow. So are you saying Nikki Haley has those qualities, though? Uh, I think so. I think she does. You see, I really, more than anything on earth, would trade all of my political capital to make the first female president be a Republican. Because Wouldn't you're that be cool? Yeah, it would be hilarious. And you're not going to get, uh, you know, the reaction that you'd get if it was a woman. I mean, if, it, if the first female president is a woman, they will be naming buildings after her before the inauguration. You know, national holidays, everything in between. If the first female president is a Republican, then you're like, oh, she's a hoe. Get her out of here. You know how this works. So they won't know what to do with it. No, that's the problem. They're they're already showing that they don't know how to defend this. They're trying to call her old and she's 30 years younger than Biden. You know, they're they're trying to call her a white supremacist and she's Indian. I mean, again, there must be a hell of a typo in the white supremacist handbook if Nikki Haley's allowed into the club. No, if she if she gets a nomination, we're going to see foot in mouth a lot. <laughs> That's funny. Um, how far is Walla Walla from where I'm going to be in Federal Way? Uh, we're probably 250 miles. Oh, that's we're southeast. Nice. We're southeast Washington. The weather here is beautiful. It's sunny most of the time. It's great. Okay, I'm going to be in Bend, Oregon. I'm going to be out in your neck of the woods, just not <clears> quite you Walla are. Walla. Um, we'll I'm going to try to get down to Bend. Whoa! I'm going to try to get there. Lloyd, yeah. if you go to Bend, this is what you need to know. Like the people who come to my shows get stuck hanging out with me. Like we were in Utica last week. These people spent their Saturday with Jenny and Lincoln. Um, and yeah, Lincoln usually comes cause I need a designated driver. Um, so you never know. You might, you might get to hang with the gang in Bend, Oregon, but either way, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all the way with you on this idea. Cool. All right. Good talk, Lloyd. We'll do it again. There he goes. The great Lloyd. Uh, we're going to get to more of your calls in the next break. I'm guest free the rest of the way. You guys are the guests. You're co-hosting the show. Don't screw it up. Got a lot going on today. You guys got to carry this team. You got to win one for the giver, as we say. The champs banged up. I got a lot of TV to do later. It's your job to deliver me down to hair and makeup and functioning conditions. So 888-788-9910. Alex batting leadoff when we come back right here on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. We are guest-free the rest of the way. It's just you and me. 
Figured people would be excited. Bat and leadoff. Alex is in Brooklyn, New York. Yo, Alex. Hey, Jimmy. Thanks so much. I'm so glad you don't have any guests. Yes. For this segment, at least, so that way I could tell you thanks for taking the call, and I don't have to run right into the topic, which is what other calls. All right, that's funny. Uh, so, by the way, I heard your conversation with Jessica Tarlow about this new generation of politicians that Nikki Haley claims we need, and I hear the point that she's making about how we need a, a younger president that's able to do the job, unlike Joe Biden. But you know, Barack Obama, eight, eight, ten years ago, he was the president. He was—he's part of her generation. They're basically the same age. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're going back. It's not like a new revolution. We've already had that younger generation. So I don't really get this whole thing. But I wanted to comment about Joe Biden. He's running around the world and gearing up for his campaign of 2024. What's he really thinking? It's, you see Ron DeSantis, he's going around the country mm-hmm. and, you know, campaigning. By, he didn't announce it yet, but he's showing his face. He's trying to become more popular. And people should want to vote for him because he's addressing the problems that the people in this country are facing. But is Joe Biden trying to get Putin's vote? Is he trying to get, I don't know, is Zelensky's vote? Or it's interesting because this is the deal. The world's vote? Ukraine does poll well within the Democratic Party. But domestically, obviously, <laughs> the issues here are more, you know, are the bigger priority. Um, there's Biden definitely does see this as a win. And obviously, listen, you don't want Putin trying to take over Europe. I don't think he has the wherewithal to do it. Uh, But Biden sees this optically as a win. He goes into a war zone. He gives a rousing speech. He gets a good welcome. And this is a better look for him than, say, going to a train disaster. You know, so they're always going to play to what they think are their optical political strengths. But I think back yeah, home here in America. presidential campaign? Oh, no, for listen. presidential campaign? No, I think for uh, his you know, campaign. He's not addressing the problems here. Well, I think when he launches his campaign, yes, he'll make domestic issues a bigger priority. But uh, I don't like any of his domestic policies. That's the problem. So I, I, to be honest with you, if Biden runs again, any Republican running will beat him head up. The only one that will have trouble is Trump just because Trump mobilizes so much of an anti-Trump vote. Right. You know, the hate doesn't exist yet for DeSantis and Nikki Haley. It'll get there. Don't get me wrong. It'll get there. Uh, It's just not there yet. So take an entire term, which is what we saw by Trump. He managed to do that in 2016 and then during his term as presidency that's when they built up all the hate against him in the democratic party so it'd be better to have a republican win like ron DeSantis than you know to have trump who they hate so much even though some people think trump is better but trump can't make it in the general election so let's get DeSantis. they don't hate him so much let's have him in the general which is sadly not going to be the case because uh who knows haley joined the race and uh i don't i don't know how it's going to go you know what alex i don't know how it's going to go i I think once the field fills out and they're all on the stage together i think we'll take the take the true measure of this race i think right now it's pretty speculative just because there's no live ammo go ahead do you think trump is going to be on the debate stage at the beginning of the of the beginning of the fight once mm-hmm. they start off with like let's say, let's say 15 candidates, mm-hmm. I was wondering about that. Like it, it'd be a little awkward for him and cheap of him to be on the debate stage with all those little candidates. Aside from say DeSantis, mm-hmm. is, that would be leveling the the field and like putting well, himself listen, on the same level as them. Yeah, I mean obviously he's an ex president, so he holds a little more panache when it comes to this. Like he can speak from the experience of the job. But for all intents and purposes, he would be considered their equal in that he's just seeking the same job they right. are. 
you know, so I would expect him to be on that stage. And Trump's not the kind of guy that shies away from a fight, you know. That's the one thing. Like, he shows up. He's like Cinderella Man. You know that era of boxer where they'd fight a parking ticket? They'd fight anything. So I expect him on the debate stage. But, Al, uh, a lot of good wisdom distilled here as always. Take a bow, brother. Thank you. My man. Have a Of course. 888-788-9910. Let's go across the pond. We haven't done this in a while. But Linda's pouring all kinds of Beaujolais over in France. Yo, Linda. I always tell you it's not Beaujolais, it's Chardonnay. Ooh. I always prefer Chardonnay. Oh, I <laughs> You're such a class gal. I always forget. You know, when you, it's, it's, no, it's important. It's <laughs> How a, you doing, Jenny? I'm good, Linda. Better now. I, we haven't heard from you in a while, so this is more of like a proof-of-life phone call than anything. Yes, uh, people needed absolutely. to know. All right, I'm going to go right into it. Do, Do it, girlfriend. Go ahead. All right, all right. So here, it really pissed me off. Sorry. Um, what he said about women being in their prime. Mm-hmm. All right, here, let's look at the and the fact of what Nikki Haley's Biden and Trump are part of what they call the silent generation. Mm-hmm. People born in that particular time period. Nikki Haley and I are all Gen X. Mm-hmm. We're after the baby boomers. All right. And then you got the millennials, the Gen Z. I don't know. They keep on going with all of that. But regardless, <laughs> It's not about a woman being in her prime. It's about the fact that, and and what Whoopi Goldberg said is, oh, you know, whatever. Um, It's not about age. It's not about, it's about your ability to understand the situations at hand and not being, well, at least like Biden, not able to walk upstairs. (laughs) Well, what it is, Linda, this is where the line of the logic is so off. She was suggesting that we have cognitive tests for people over the age of 75 who want to be president. Don Lemon. I agree with that. Yes, I think anyone would. And Don Lemon tried to rope her into that same group by saying she better be careful. She's not in her prime either. But I think any reasonable person would tell you there's a difference between 75 and 51. You know, I can tell you as a 45-year-old who forgets what he's doing half the time, there's a difference, you know. Well, it, well, it depends on how much you've had to drink. Hey, this is every one of our calls is like an intervention. Um, <laughs> but I will say this: I'm I just turned fifty-seven, mm-hmm. and I married. I, you already know about part of this. I've told you on, on past phone calls. But I married a French guy, eight years younger, who's you know climbing mountains and doing everything else. So I dare any Don woman to say. I'm past my prime. Whoa, Linda, that's hot. Are you gonna? Sounds like you're gonna plug an OnlyFans now. This is crazy. Um, <laughs> you're the greatest. It's just, oh, Jimmy, you're just so incredibly awesome. You inspire me all the time to just get out there and say what I need to say. There it is. Well, that makes two of us. Uh, we have a we have a way of making the censors work over time whenever we get together. So, give my best. <laughs> give my best to the X bats and get back to the bar, girlfriend. All right. Love you, Jimmy. You too, Linda. There she goes. The great Linda over in France. Yeah, the Lemon thing, the reason it's so stupid, and he's stupid. I've met Don Lemon twice. He's a stupid person. It's not because of his race. It's not because he's gay. It's because he's stupid. And uh, what he was trying to do, because this is what they've been taught over on the left, and it's, it's all emotion for them. Their emotions are their facts. So find some type of emotional narrative you can weaponize against your conservative opponent, and away we go. Racism, sexism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, anything in between. But when it comes to a woman of color, you know, they have a really hard time finding a lane. 
And knowing he didn't really have one, Don Lemon's natural instinct was to, like, try to use her argument against her. So he said, well, you know, Nikki Haley wants to test 75-year-old people. She ought to be careful, you know, because she's in that same lane. And she's not. Okay, nobody would put a 51-year-old Nikki Haley in the same, you know, bracket of intellect and cognitive skill as... We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by... Go, you know the you know the thing. Okay, they don't think of fifty-one-year-olds when they hear. Make sure the television. The, excuse me. Make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the the phone. That was the reach of the lemon comment, and in an effort to find to put a glove on her, he wound up insulting his female co-hosts. He's now in some type of a diversity training, or sensitivity training. Okay, this is the same clip I played earlier over from MSNBC. They were trying to say Nikki Haley uses her brown skin to launder white supremacy. Clip 27. What does she do like all these model minorities, which, by the way, is a strategy of white supremacy to use Asians in particular as a cudgel against black folks. Instead of pulling us up from the bootstraps and pulling others from the bootstrap, we're taught to take your boot and put it on the neck of poor browns, immigrants, refugees and black folks. And that's what she did in her ad. So I see her and I feel sad, Mehdi because she uses her brown skin as a weapon against poor black folks and poor brown folks, and she uses her brown skin to launder white supremacist talking points. And the reason why I feel sad, because no matter what she does, Mehdi, it'll never be enough. They'll never love her. That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to perform like that. Pitiful. I mean, seriously. In my opinion, that sucked. <laughs> Think about that. She's using her brown skin... To launder white supremacy. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. <laughs> they don't know what to do. That's the point. And I'm not telling you Nikki Haley's going to get the nomination. There's a long way to go. Okay, DeSantis is jumping in. Most political forecasters consider him to be the fa- the clear front runner. Wrong. Okay, but again, none of it matters until these guys are in the ring throwing shots at each other. Whether it's Haley, DeSantis, Trump. Tim Scott, who was on the show last week, Tim Scott's running. Okay, he's raised a gazillion dollars. He's strategically going to time the rollout, and he's going get to get in there and run. And at that point, you'll be able to take the measure of all of these candidates and decide who the best one is. The appeal of DeSantis is that you get a lot of what people consider to be Trump policies without Trump baggage. Here's something Trump was, uh, DeSantis was speaking to in Staten Island yesterday, which is Florida's crime rate being as historically low as it is. Clip 17. Florida right now has a crime rate that's at a 50-year low. Why do we have a 50-year low? Why is crime a big issue in New York or Chicago or all these other places? And I wish I could tell you that, like, Floridians are just so much better, but it's not the reason. It's not. The reason is is we support strong policies to keep our communities safe, and we back the blue, and we support their mission, and we back it up with money and all kinds of stuff to be able to do it. Which I think a lot of people would get behind. You do have to support the cops in this day and age, or to be clear, any day and age for that matter. Why? Because if we don't have cops, we don't have anything. Bingo, man. Bingo. They're doing the single most important job in America. 
Now, to be clear, that's a policy that any Republican nominee would advance. So it's not like DeSantis is some type of an outlier by saying we got to support the cops. And it's going to take more than that to get his support over to James, who's listening in Houston, Texas. Yo, James. Hi, Jimmy. My man. Bear with me a little bit. I'm a cancer patient. Oh, buddy. Uh, but I'm with Trump all the way. I, was, I voted for him in 2016 as an African-American. Mm-hmm. Uh, born here, helped build and made this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm with him because I believe in his program. I believe in his his format uh, starting with in 2016. Mm-hmm. And I believe in him uh to 2020 mm-hmm. only problem is that i think he dropped the ball is when he he promised us black people that he would put money in our neighborhoods he should have started out putting money in our neighborhoods mm-hmm. and building putting businesses there where they can get to those businesses mm-hmm. and go to work well and so once mm-hmm. he would have done that i think he still he'd had the black vote Hmm. Because now Democrats have bought the black votes. They buy them when they take them to the voting booth. Well, Whereas uh, uh, the, the, our Republican Party, uh, as of course, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm considered an independent. Mm-hmm. But as he, uh, he promised them, I believe in, his, in what he promised us. And uh, I hope that, you know, he, he do get in, even though I know he won't, he probably won't get it. Because uh, he's got such a bad rap on him now. Well, but well, I do. Yeah, I like that you support Trump. But let me ask you this: If he doesn't get in, will you support the Republican nominee, whoever it is? I'm I'm, I'm going to support the one that has Donald Trump's uh, values. Okay. That that believes in his values. Whichever okay. one believes in his values, that's who I'm going to support because mm-hmm. I supported Donald Trump. I believed in him. I love it. No, I think I think that's that's a that's a principled position. And I think we need more principled voters out there. Um, Listen, James, if everybody had as much reasoned analysis as you did, this would be a much better political world. You need to clone yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Work it out. Let me know. Let me know when it's done, and I'll start sharing you with the rest of the world. But great call. Thank you, brother. You have a great day. The great James in Houston, Texas. Michelle is on the line in Long Island. Yo, Michelle. What's going on? Hey, girl. How you living? I'm one of your biggest fans, by the way. Is that oh true? Oh, my God, I love you. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing, Michelle. Thank you for that. I think my whole school district loves you. Whoa! Are you allowed to name names or no? Like, I'm meaning, not, meaning your school district. Like, where do you teach or you yeah. know how to say that? Okay. A lot please. of teachers. Oh, okay. That's rad. That's really awesome. A lot um, of teachers. And my um, daughter has been sort of talking to your son online a little bit through football. Ooh. Oh, whoa. The yeah. link, man. Watch out for that guy. You don't want to mess yeah, with that. Yeah, we've been following him a little bit with Clark. Oh, that's rad. Um, well, the yeah. link, the link man was on stage telling jokes this past weekend. That I, is awesome. I wish I could have seen that. Uh, it was a win. He was. He's. He's actually like. He's. He's too excited. Like when I. When I was like new to stand up. Like I wanted to do it. But I remember being like not horrified to get on stage, but certainly feeling some type of nerves about public speaking. This dude shows up and is, you know, over he wears one of my overweight figure skater shirts, but he looks like he's oh. an of weight figure skater. And uh, he's got sunglasses on and he gets right on the stage. He doesn't care. I think kids are like more fearless than we are, you know? Absolutely. That's Absolutely. And I love how you're just you just get up there and you just 
You say how it is. I love it. Yeah, no, I'm crazy. That's the thing. Like, uh, I, I love that. I don't, you know, I, I, on paper, I'm not supposed to be where I am right now, which is talking to you and millions of people listening, and I'll be on with Jesse later, and I'll be on with Gutfeld tonight. The idea of someone with my background being in this position, I just feel like an obligation to just, you know what I mean, just pull the goalie, yeah. just throw the fastball, that whole thing. So, Absolutely. I'm, well, you make, this, you make the world better because you make us all laugh. Oh, Michelle. And we get your jokes. And we totally understand. Michelle, if, so if, I appreciate if, you. If my voice wasn't so raspy, I would sing Wind Beneath My Wings. But I just don't have it right now. But you're the coolest, and thank you. We'll do it again. Yep, back after this. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are in the bottom of the ninth here on the radio. I am taking my talents over to Waters World, where I'll be joining Jesse Waters at 7.30 p.m. right here on the Fox News Channel. And then at 11 o'clock tonight, I will be back on Gutfeld with Greg Gutfeld. Uh, But before I get there, I must bid adieu to our celebrity guest producer, Christine, who is returning to her natural habitat on The Guy Benson Show after today. Are you as emotional as Josh and I are? I, I feel like you guys are ready for me to, you know, Skedaddle. <laughs> well, we're going to sing That's What Friends Are For, but to each other, like after you leave. No, Guy, I, that's what I sing to Guy Benson. He's my best friend. Uh, well, we're just getting a little harsh to get you ready for what you're heading back to now. Isn't Thank you. Isn't it funny? Like, you know when I was like a kid and I'd go on a play date at someone's house who had like a lot more money than us? And it was amazing. And I'd eventually have to like bring myself back down to like spray cheese mentality. You know what I mean? In your case, though, at least you're going to a higher tax bracket. You know, intellectually and everything else. But well, I have to say, it's been a lot of fun. It was a big deal. Like, yes, I, I actually you. love this. Does that sound convincing? I rehearsed it all day. Mm, it's, I'm not convinced. What Chris- about Josh? <laughs> he had a good time. Uh, I think I speak for all of us, though, when I do say... Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.